Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is Friday, August 9th, 2019. And like I kind of hinted yesterday uh, at the end of my show, that Thursday afternoon and a Friday morning will be setting the tone for next week. And what did we see yesterday afternoon? The Bruce or drops. What did we see this morning? Epstein, Epstein, Epstein. A partial release of those sealed documents. And yet, for some reason, if you actually see CNN breaking news, I kid you not, no mention of these <laughs> these things have uh, found their way into their news cycle. None. I mean, looking at it, you would think as if they were, I don't know, avoiding it completely. It's pretty interesting if you actually take a look at what they are talking about. Let's go to CNN breaking news. They're talking about Tiger Woods withdrawing from the PGA. They're talking about how the stock market's falling. No duh when everyone else is fixing and manipulating their currencies. Uh, the fact that President Trump announced um, uh, McGuire to um, uh, be his pick for the DNI. We'll talk about that today. Um, about uh, the Walmart, thwarted Walmart shooting. And it was thwarted by someone with a concealing carry, of course. And how he, uh, President Trump, uh, yesterday announced that Sue Gordon, uh, the deputy director of the DNI, is leaving. Which, remember, I played that video of her um, earlier in, uh, this week and said... You know, she exposed herself. All you had to do was watch the video. So it seems as if they don't want to talk about what's going on. And, you know, I love my foreign policy, right? You guys know that. Uh, that's kind of a niche. But um, today, before we head off with our local stuff, because there's tons to talk about, it's going to be more lighthearted today and poking fun because next week it's going to be so busy. So busy. Uh, so what I wanted to... Um, kind of reiterate to you guys is the talks between the United Kingdom and the U.S. You remember how I had um, mentioned that when they nabbed that 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 ship from Iran that they were going to start losing their own ships, right? Uh, as if I had time traveled and knew it. Well, I also knew that they would try to drag the United States into it to help them with Iran, which they kind of asked for. Well, the Royal Navy actually responded to the United States and said, we don't need your help. Take a listen. Is saying it's going to activate its navy to try and serve as uh, escorts through the Strait of Hormuz. In other words, it's telling all the ships that travel through there 
that they're going to make sure they ensure their safety. Uh, this is interesting because it follows the incident, as you remember last week on the ship, where the Iranians actually seized the British tanker. You can actually see in some of the video as uh, Iranian special forces, the commandos, see them right there? They're coming down and actually landing on the ship, several of them. So uh, that's how they were able to commandeer the ship. Now it seems that the British are embroiled in a similar tit-for-tat over oil tankers, just like the United States and uh, Iran were just about uh, three weeks to a month ago. John Jordan is here. He's uh, trying to sort this out for us. He's been looking at this story for some time. John, uh, take us through your take on what the British can or can't do in this situation. Well, what the British have done here with Jeremy Hunt, their former foreign secretary, is created from Dr. Doolittle a creature known as a push-me-pull-you. They want to have a separate European-based naval force to provide escorts for European flag tankers. But the fact of the matter is the Royal Navy, which is the strongest in Europe, only has six destroyers, 13 frigates. And due to funding and political issues, can't field all of them at once, doesn't have the surveillance assets, so would have to integrate with the United States if they want to have any hope of being safe or effective. Uh, the German Navy is even worse shape. So uh, yeah, it looks like they want to do one thing, but uh, don't have the uh, military wherewithal to actually pull it off. So why are they making these boasts then? Wait, before he answers us, let's just remember how the Iranian uh, President Rouhani said, well, you know, you didn't do much. Your frigate was right there. You saw us going onto your ship. So, um, ergo, you're not going to do anything about it. Remember when he taunted them and said that last week? Um, take a listen. Oh, and before we, um, before I allow you to listen to the rubbish that you're going to hear, uh, the UK's Navy is not the strongest in Europe. Uh, they have fewer boats than Greece does. Um, actually, uh, Greece is actually Greece's navy is actually the strongest and the most fittest uh, within the European Union. Now, if they were to tap into Turkey, it would be Turkey, but Turkey's their NATO ally. So let's see if they actually tap into NATO. Hmm. Well, this was the outgoing May administration, so uh, it looks like this was poorly thought through. They want to have the appearance of being independent of the United States to grow their, to continue their political leverage with Iran, to keep the hope of the Iran deal alive, but it's not something that they can back up. I'm wondering, uh, especially when it comes to the Brits, whether this is some kind of fissure or is it fair for us to look at it as a fissure between them and the United States, the fact that they're seeming to want to go it alone when it comes to their defense against Iraq, pardon me, Iran? Well, I don't think that the outgoing May administration really knew what they were doing. England had on paper been protective of the JCPOA, the Iran nuclear deal, and wanted to protect it in conjunction with their European partners. And it looks like what they're trying to do, what trying to do is create some sort of political daylight between Europe and the United States by Europe having its own military presence there um, that, but isn't beholden the United States, so at least they could give the appearance to the Iranians of being a, a separate entity. But uh, it's just not practical military. But why, though? I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I understand what you're saying, and I, and, and I think everything that you're saying, certainly from your experience in uh, naval intelligence, uh, makes sense because you know this stuff. But my question is more to the point as to whether 
perhaps either the Boltons or the Pompeos or maybe Mr. Trump himself has somehow uh, done something that causes the Brits uh, to want to separate themselves somewhat from the United States and its very aggressive policy with Iran, almost as if to send a message to the world and say, you know what, we, 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 you know, we can handle this. We, we can take care of this ourselves, all right? Isn't that what they're saying? Well, I yeah, that is exactly what they're saying, Rick. Uh, what the Europeans are trying to do is uh, project the, uh, the appearance of being independent to try to, to preserve the, uh, the Iran nuclear deal. And because their public demands daylight between them and the United States, uh, the, the administration is not popular in Europe. European public opinion is going one way while the United States is going another. Um, but they, that's what they want to do is have give the appearance of a European option to protect European um, shipping in the Gulf. You think it could be, possibly, because um, they think the United States' position, not only with Iran, but with many countries in the hands of Bolton, etc., has been very heavy-handed, and they possibly want to distance themselves from that. After all, their relationship with the Persians and other countries is much longer-standing than the U.S. relationship is. Absolutely. Uh, since the, in 2015, when the nuclear agreement was signed, um, European EU trade with Iran quintupled. Uh, total, the, British, the French oil conglomerate what was entered into a $4.5 billion gas exploration deal um, with Iran and had to pull out. Uh, the Europeans have a long history of, of accommodation and friendliness towards the Iranian regime, where the United States hasn't really talked to them, uh, really. Uh, we haven't even had diplomatic relations since 1979. So the Europeans are trying to pursue their own foreign policy with regard to Iran, because they clearly do not agree with that of the United States. John Jordan, we uh, appreciate your time and your expertise, and we thank you for joining us. So just so you guys understand, the UK is like, we don't need your help, America. We can do this, yet they have no means. Very important that we keep that in mind uh, going forward uh, by the end of this month because uh, there will be developments on that front uh, as I hear coming down the pipeline. So today, this morning, the president uh, had a presser that everyone thought was going to be super small, super short, kind of not talking much about anything specific, and it turned out to be like an over half hour um, presser. But before we get into that, I want to um, play a clip where, uh, you know, Sean Spicer is reacting to President Trump and Republicans freezing Twitter ad buys. Remember, Twitter, just so you guys know, has uh, begun a campaign where they are literally, um, you know, barring conservatives... Sorry, guys, I didn't put my phone on silent. So they're literally barring conservatives uh, from the platform. Uh, within the past 48 hours, we've seen tons of conservatives not only be removed from Twitter, but suspended and forced to remove at, um, uh, you know, tweets that don't violate uh, Twitter's terms of service. Um, and we'll get into that right after this um, short clip because it's, really important you pay attention as to how uh, the Trump administration is trying to tackle 
the issue that we have with social media. Take a listen. Sean Spicer is a former White House press secretary, author of The Briefing and spokesman for America First Action. That's odd. A double standard on social media, a, a conservative bias. Never heard that one before. No, first time. <laughs> Look, this is something that's gone on well before now. We knew this during the yeah. campaign. I was personally involved in an incident that I mentioned in my book mm -hmm. where Jack Dorsey personally got involved in canceling an ad buy that we had on behalf of Donald Trump and the Republican Party. Because he didn't, he thought it would disadvantage the the Democrats and Hillary hadn't taken advantage of a similar type of buy, so they canceled ours because they didn't think it, they knew it would give us an advantage. Mm -hmm. Okay, did you hear that? Something that that hasn't been discussed. So Twitter decided that ads for Democratic candidates were allowed to be purchased, but not for Republicans, specifically for President Trump. That is incredible, right? Think about it. So this has been ongoing. This has happened like I would have no idea because I hadn't heard about that. I hadn't heard that Jack Dorsey himself got involved to bar the uh, Trump campaign from, uh, uh, you know, buying ads. Did you? I didn't. This is not anything new. These are not claims. Every instance occurs against conservatives, and then every time they blame an algorithm, and I think earlier in your segment that Doug was doing, you're absolutely right. Humans create that algorithm, and if you're liberal going in, you're liberal coming out. The bias always is against conservatives. We've got to start pretending it's claims and allegations. It's real, and it's against the president, and they're doing everything that they can to stop it, and it's not just Twitter. It's Google, and it's Facebook, and all the other social platforms. We've, we've been trying to pretend that this is sort of a, uh, of a theory for a while. It's very, very real and it exists. But even more so, the irony of this is that it's created that what they blocked Mitch McConnell for was ridiculous. They actually posed that, that it was a safety problem when, in fact, he was just putting out the video that was circulating about him and his staff saying this is what the left is doing. This is being called for by Marsha Fudd, by Congressman Castro, by Congressman Waters. They're telling people yeah. to get in Republican conservatives' faces. They're putting it on videotape, and then Twitter wants everyone to pretend that it never happened. Yeah. Uh, a Twitter spokesperson did comment. They confirmed the account was temporarily locked for violating the company's uh, violent threats policy. Uh, but, you know, you can call out political donors, apparently, but not violent protesters who are victimizing right. a conservative online. Um, that seems biased. But to be clear here, when information is used on the Internet, such as listing donors, right, isn't the whole point of that is to get negative information or negative feedback to those donors? I mean, so you could potentially be attracting hate in that res in that regard. Absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, Congressman Castro put those names together and out for a reason. He's very clear that he wanted them to, quote, think about their actions, but that's not. He wanted people to react viscerally to them. He wanted them to get doxxed, to get trolled, to get threats. That's what he wanted to do. And anyone who says otherwise is, is kidding themselves because that's why you do something like this. And it's the same thing with the event that's going on today, is that now we've got worldwide boycotts of, of the different entities that this mm -hmm. individual is affiliated with. This is, it's so funny how the left preaches tolerance. And yet, as long as you don't go, if you get, if you don't go along with what their ideals and, and uh, policies and priorities are and their extreme left-wing socialist progressive thoughts, then you are not, then you need to be banned. So it's group think, it's a lot, you know, everybody needs to be tolerated unless you don't agree with them. And that's what's happening today. It's unbelievable 
uh, that, that someone who wants to donate to the president who supports his policies or him as an individual or He's the targeted. Republican Party can't get can't yeah gets targeted and that's where I think that these guys understand this is the only way that they can win they right. talk about you know collusion and things in elections the bottom line is that the liberals have tried to, to control social media the mainstream media and now they're trying to co control corporate America through boycotts to make sure that people can't go out there and support President Trump and conservatives yeah okay so um I would like to talk about that for a second so yesterday we had uh, the uh, you know pedo wood and Hollywood uh, go out online and claim and ask their fans sorry to boycott Soul Cycle and Equinox you know these um you know uh, gyms right one of them Soul Cycle is all about you know cycling guys I can't last five minutes cycling but yet Michael Moore made the claim that he is canceling his membership to SoulCycle because the owner, listen, the owner is holding a fundraiser for President Trump today in New York. This is where he was leaving to, by the way, this morning. So um, first off, because we're going to get to this, even CNN said that, that the owner of SoulCycle and Equinox um, was uh, hosting fundraisers for President Trump uh, re-election campaign. Now, I'd like to state that uh, Stephen Ross is not the owner of SoulCycle and Equinox. This is, this is how fake news happens, right? He's not the owner. You know what he is? He's the chairman of the large company, a chairman. So, you know, there's tons of chairmen, right? He's a chairman of a large company that owns these two companies and a bunch of other companies. Are you getting this? So... Equinox and SoulCycle are owned by this bigger company, and that bigger company seems to have Stephen Ross on the on the board. So let's get that clear. So this was kind of really fake news. It's like saying, uh, you know, uh, for example, that I had a company like I don't know Starbucks. Let's pretend, right? That I own a franchise of Starbucks. So um, because I own a franchise of Starbucks, and no, let's not use Starbucks coffee. A coffee, let's say, the best coffee in the world. Um, I own that company, and that company is owned by a bigger company that owns like another 20 companies. And part of that company, Chelsea Clinton has uh, a seat on the board. And does that mean that Chelsea Clinton is the owner of my company? No. Does it mean that she has direct say in what I do? No. It just says that she has a say, a vote in the larger companies. um, decisions okay let's just make that clear okay so that's number one so it was fake news uh second why did they target them first of all for some reason the left believes that you know their base or the democrats have a lot of money okay and they can afford places like this the majority of the insane liberals that foam at the mouth about president trump 85 percent of them don't know what gender they subscribe to or they subscribe to different ones every other day, uh, have no job, uh, depend on the government or their parents who, where are their parents, guys, seriously, um, to survive and have no future. It's hardworking Americans that would be able to subscribe to clubs like this. So getting back to Michael Moore, Michael Moore so proudly tweeted, oh my gosh, I'm canceling my membership to SoulCycle. First of all, I, there is no way 
anyone will convince me that Michael Moore goes to cycling classes. Okay, that's number one. So mm. number two, Soul Cycle does not offer memberships. You pay for the classes. So like if you go for a class, you book it, you pay for it, you go. So ergo liar. So, uh, you know, this was all grandstanding. None of them ever have gone to any of these or have even entertained the idea of being part of these. And, you know, Chrissy Teigen was one of these, you know, um, people that went on her Instagram and said, we need to like, you know, you know, boycott them and use our wallet. We even had that insane Coulter woman, uh, you know, tell us, uh, you know, grab your wallet. This is ridiculous. And you know, Equinox, I believe, responded to her tweet and said, listen, uh, we don't, you know, um, approve or we haven't participated in this fundraiser. And you know what she turned around and said? Well, you guys, it's your it's your owner, your chair that's doing it. And it's like, no, uh, actually, they're not our chair. But you know, you're never going to win because liberals don't have you know, actual arguments. They just say what they want to say uh, to pull some effect, to stimulate some idiot that's not going to look into information and make it and pass it as if it's true. So one would have to think, all right, guys, you're really, really upset with all this. I get it. You're upset. You hate Trump. You loathe him. We totally get it. But you're boycotting a business and you want people to listen. Well, here's the thing. One of Chrissy Teigen's fans actually responded to her on Twitter. She actually responded very nicely to her and Chrissy Teigen flipped her top. Chrissy Teigen, who's one of the trashiest celebrities, who I believe is not even a woman, you know? I, I don't know, man. You know, she could be a transsexual, and that's fine. She should own it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with you being trans. Good. But she, she literally flipped her top. Here's what the person said. Irritated. I just saw an Instagram video by Chrissy Teigen, who I love to follow because that family is really funny. However, she told the world to cancel all memberships with Equinox and SoulCycle because they're hosting a Trump fundraiser. Are we seriously not using businesses now that, uh, now that don't have the same political views as us? No matter who any person or business supports, should not affect personal relationships or ruin businesses just because they don't support who you support. It's our right as Americans to have freedom of choice or there would be one political party respect their choice and move on with your life like I respect your choice this is getting so ridiculous do you know what she said Chrissy Teigen said yeah we FNR these <coughs> oh my gosh guys I'm like dying okay these different views you speak of are fundamental differences in compassion empathy and humanity and here is where I was like mm. so I've already put it in a draft but you have to think to yourself so they targeted an entity uh, these companies that have some link with this man Stephen Ross who's the owner of the Miami Dolphins right that is putting together a fundraiser at his home in New York uh, for President Trump's re-election. So uh, they decided, Hollywood did, that they're going to get together and they're going to boycott it because it's against their, their ideals of compassion, empathy, and humanity. 
But here's the thing. I didn't see anyone come out, not one of them, none, come out and say, well, who was pedophile Epstein's sugar daddy? Who was pedophile Epstein's business partner who funded, who worked with him, and obviously, according to testimony from victims, partook in such, you know, nefarious, disgusting acts uh, of, you know, having sex with minors and exploiting and trafficking and creating child sex slaves. None of them came out and said that. (laughs) That's funny, isn't it? I mean, you didn't hear them saying, oh my gosh, Epstein's a pedophile. How dare they? Because why? First of all, let's just know that Chrissy Teigen and her disgusting family, uh, her husband as well, were visitors to Epstein's island. That's number one, all right? So obviously they're not going to talk about Epstein, right? Secondly, Les Wexner, who was Epstein's business partner, is actually a direct partner and direct owner of Victoria's Secret, Pink, Amber Carmby Finch, etc., Express, you name it, he's part of it. Yet no one called for a boycott for a pedophile funder, even though, right, this pedophile funder at his home had a woman who claimed in court that she was held hostage in Les Wexner's home by Maxwell and Epstein when they coaxed her into going there thinking that she was going to be doing some art project. And the funny thing is, she even said her two younger brothers came with her, so that was kind of sick. Like, why would you go for a project in Ohio with your two little brothers? And she also claimed that she couldn't leave the house. Uh, Les Wexner's security detail kept her there while Epstein raped them. So these Hollywood bigots, right, bigots, these pedophiles, these disgusting human beings are telling us where to put our money. Right after the break, we'll elaborate a little bit on that and Chrissy Teigen and John Legend before we enter into the really good stuff. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So where were we? We were talking about this pitchfork attack to businesses uh, by Hollywood and the mainstream media because they were talking about it and putting it out there of, you know, inciting, um, I would say, detest to these brands and trying to harm a business with um, not really factual information. But here we have factual information. We have factual information that Les Wexner, this big businessman who owns brands like Amber Crombie Finch, Victoria's Secret, etc., was not only pedophile Epstein's uh, business partner, but may have partook in uh, activities. Specifically, let me read you an excerpt. Epstein had supposedly set up an art project for her to work on at Leslie Wexner's mansion in New Albany, Ohio. Farmer stated that it was at Wexner's property that Maxwell and Epstein sexually assaulted her. Farmer stated that when she tried to leave the property with her two younger brothers, why were they there with her? That's so weird. That were with her. Wexner's security team refused to let her leave. Hmm. I urge you to go to ToriSays.com and find my article that is titled Wexner was sexualizing prepubescent children. Um, And in there, you'll find some really interesting information. Now, we all know that uh, that, um, since Epstein has been arrested, the mainstream media reports on the Epstein case as if they're allergic to it. Like... It's as if all of them are downing a bottle of antihistamines before they even speak about it. And when they do speak about it, it's as if they're walking on eggshells, you know, because then they would have to admit that a lot of senators, congressmen, former presidents um, and Epstein were extremely close and participating in uh uh, gross sexual imposition of a minor. So, you know, and a lot of MSM heads. Um, I think in my article I had a picture of Murdoch, right? Wasn't it? That was with Epstein? I'm just saying. So we see that all of these, the Hollywood and MSM, uh, you know, clowns are all avoiding boycotting someone that is what? 
assailing children, selling and promoting sex with minors. Yet, they don't do anything about that. And, you know, one thing could be is because Chrissy Teigen, for example, and John Legend have a history of having friends that are arrested for human and child trafficking. I mean, one of their best friends was the founder of Black Lives Matter, uh, Charles Wade, right? They're such close friends. Uh, They actually organized with him to pay for food trucks to feed 3,000 people in Union Square. Um, So this guy was actually arrested and charged um, with four different charges of human trafficking, uh, three of them for regular human trafficking, the other one for child human trafficking. Uh, so uh, trafficking of a minor. So, you know, the old saying, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are, right? But, you know, this would apply here, but we can simply look at what Chrissy Teigen tweeted herself. You remember when Liz Crokin kind of found these nefarious tweets and everyone laughed oh she dressed her kid like a hot dog so immediately haha what about this tweet it says at kevin shockey nah said he just said the cleanest and best pleasure is to have sex with a 13 year old up until that ha 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 that was a tweet by chrissy teigen that's disgusting and that tweet was sent out on the 24th of june 2012 and That tweet itself leaves no room to say that you can misinterpret it or suggest that it can be taken out of context. The context of that tweet is disgusting, criminal, and self-explanatory. Now, you know, obviously once Liz Crokin started to put out her tweets, uh, Chrissy Teigen and her circle of friends, uh, you know, locked down their Twitter accounts and purged them all, but... Unfortunately, the internet had already gotten a hold of all of them. And, you know, then they campaigned with Twitter to unverify Liz uh, Crokin and then ultimately remove her from Twitter. I mean, she had tweets like, skinny pedos drink pedolite. Um, one tweet that is being uh, shown, which is totally benign, and, I, you know, it is benign. It says, water slide that goes through a shark tank, F, yeah, time to get my pedo on, meaning uh, to act like a kid. Um, so that was benign. But then, but this other one is uh, at John Lennon. I told them you were a pedo because I don't want you going to Toronto where there are pretty ladies. I mean, you would call your husband a pedophile so he doesn't go somewhere. But here's the thing. It doesn't stop there. Uh, you know, you can just listen to what they say. I'm going to play a clip from, for you where you can hear her, right, at an interview talk about um, you know, the best um, sex she's had with her husband. I think I've played this before. Uh, let me put it at the right place. Okay, right here. Take a listen. Is this the best or the worst? What do you do? Place you did it. Is this the best or the worst? What do you do? The best. Okay, the best. Um, probably the Obama thing. <laughs> okay, John Legend's face when she said that, was like, oh my God, she didn't just say that. Did you hear that? Best public place you've had sex. And she said, oh, is it the best or the worst? And as a dude, he's like, of course the best, right? There's never the worst. And she was like, I don't know, probably the Obama thing. Hmm, interesting. So these are the people, these trashy, disgusting people. And, you know, Chrissy Teigen is talentless. 
uh, you know, she married up to say she married a musician. Uh, all she did was flash her boobs on Sports Illustrated. That's all she's good for. Uh, she's really dumb. Uh, <laughs> you know, and why would you ever say that you had a sexcapade with the former president of the United States? Super weird. So now uh, with this Epstein dump this morning, which we're going to talk about after the top of the hour break, um, there's a lot coming out. Uh, uh, first of all, I just wanted to say, just just so you guys, you know, the, the, the best portion of it was that it clearly stated President Trump never, ever flirted with any of the girls, never, ever had sex with any of the girls as claimed by a victim. And also, uh, you know, claims that were made about President Trump and his relationship with Epstein were false. Now they were friends, you know, up until that time where um, he found out uh, what had happened uh, with the with a girl that was working in the locker room, right? So it's really important people understand this. This is really great news for the Trump administration, probably why the mainstream media is not talking about it. They don't want you to see that whatever digs they tried to do and put it against our president uh, can't stand. So I think that um, what we need to do now is kind of listen to President Trump's uh, discussion at the White House, his press conference that was longer than anyone expected that wasn't supposed to be long uh that was supposed to be just a few minutes and ended up being you know over 30 minutes long and it's pretty interesting because he talks about things like background checks and and um red flag laws and you have to let me tell you something red flag laws the same idiots that report your tweets and your Facebook posts will be the same freaking idiots that will be calling the police to put you on a red flag list. Remember that. Those idiots. So just so you know uh, how important it is that red flag stays out. But we also have to understand that he's under a lot of pressure to respond to it. So... Um, it's pretty interesting how it is worded and um, what is being said. Um, let's take a listen. Uh, not good. But what happened and what's happening with China now, we have an open dialogue. We'll see whether or not we keep our meeting in September. If we do, that's fine. If we don't, that's fine. But it's time that somebody does what we're doing. And I said the American taxpayer is not paying for it. We had a big day in the stock market yesterday, but the American taxpayer is not paying for it. What China is doing is by depressing their currency and by pouring tremendous amounts of money into their system, they're paying for it. The prices have not gone up. So when the Amer in fact, in some cases, they've gone down because the devaluation plus the money supply, the, the amount of money that they pour in, which is a form of manipulation, has more than compensated for an increase in price. So as I said, and everybody questioned it, in the case of China, the tariffs have been amazing. We're taking in billions and billions of dollars. Now, China's had their worst year in 35 years now. It was in 26 years, but now it's in 35 years. I want them to do well, but as of this moment, they're having the worst year that they've had in many, many years, in decades. 
and really we're just bringing the system back into order. Uh, we have all the cards. We're doing well. Our country is doing fantastically well. You look at Europe, they've got problems. In fact, the biggest problem we have is the fact that a lot of other continents, frankly, but a lot of other countries are not doing well. But we're doing great, and we continue to do great. Our companies are poised. They have a lot of cash. Our system is beautiful. The NRA has been a strong supporter and ally of yours going all the way back to the campaign. Can you take a position at odds with the NRA on background checks? I think I could, but I don't think I'll be there. Uh, I have a great relationship with the NRA. They supported me very early, and that's been a great decision they made. We have Justice Kavanaugh, we have Justice Gorsuch, and they feel very strongly about the Second Amendment. Uh, the NRA's made a great decision in supporting me, and nobody else would have won, aside from everything else. I have a very good relationship. I I'll change it. I have a great relationship with the NRA. I have a lot of respect for the people at the NRA, and I have already spoken to them on numerous occasions, numerous occasions. And frankly, uh, we need intelligent background checks, okay? This isn't a question of NRA, Republican, or Democrat. I will tell you, I spoke to Mitch McConnell yesterday. He's totally on board. He said, I've been waiting for your call. He is totally on board. I spoke to senators that in some cases, people, friends of mine, but pretty hardline senators, hardline. And when I say that, I say that in a positive way, hardline on the Second Amendment. And they understand, we don't want insane people, mentally ill people, bad people, dangerous people. We don't want guns in the hands of the wrong people. Now, I just wanted to point out, he also said about the Supreme Court justices that are very staunch supporters of the Second Amendment. Now, he's discussing exactly what we've been saying, most of us, which is we don't want insane dildo waivers that foam at the mouth, that tell you to shut up because you're a racist when they have nothing to say. Those that protest outside of houses like Mitch McConnell's uh, those like that crazy girl at the you know in the Capitol that was dancing insanely and knocking over an old man in his sign because she didn't like what it said those people should not have guns because those people are obviously prone to snap the concern that we all have and I appreciate even though I don't want these insane people to have guns is how do you decide this and I think, um, you know, here is where we have a big discussion to have. Do we violate HIPAA rules? Because in order to be put on a list like this, to say that you're mentally ill means that I have to violate your health right, your privacy, uh, you, you know, your, uh, your rights to privacy in regards to your health. This is a very big discussion that we should have because... Let's pretend, uh, you know, you go through a divorce because your wife left you and you're really depressed. You know, she cheated on you with your best friend, your brother. Make it the most horrific scenario ever. And you suddenly go on antidepressants, but then you're fine. You know, five years later, you're fine. Does that mean you don't deserve a gun because you had taken antidepressants at one point? That's the thing. So do those people have to petition to get off those lists? Will they know they're on the list because they're mentally ill and ergo have to undergo through a process to be able to be afforded the right to own a gun later? And here's the thing. When you make um, exclusions to the Second Amendment, 
Mm. Then that means that that exclusion can happen now until there are so many exclusion that it no longer applies. So this is very dangerous territory that we are tiptoeing on. And I think, you know, and I've said it before, it's the parents' responsibility. That idiot in El Paso, where are his parents? That idiot in Dayton, Ohio, where are his parents? That is what we need to ask ourselves. Where are the parents of these idiots, of these insane human beings that have been raised under their watch? Because they've been provided the morals, the foundations for their morals, and raised at their hands. So this means those parents are insane. I mean, okay, so for example, uh, you know, all of us on Twitter and Facebook have trolls. Well, I have, uh, you know, very, um, (laughs) very insane trolls. Trolls that, you know, may or may not have guns, which is scary. And the reason I say this is because one of these trolls actually has her little children trolling me on Twitter, trolling, uh, you know, my articles on Laura Loomer. And then you have to think like, oh, my gosh, is it the parent writing on behalf of the kid or is it the kid doing it? And it's like this is how we raise mass killers. This is how we raise clowns because we have people like that that have children. Okay. And they raise them like this. So societal problem. So this is a really, really murky, murky spot to be in. I guess, you know, we all know that if you're, uh, you've uh, committed domestic violence or you've had aggravated assaults and stuff like that, you could be on a list to not be able to purchase a gun. And I get it. Because that means you have no boundaries and you are willing to take a gun and put it to someone's head or kill them, uh, you know, if you snap. And that you are more probable to do so. Mm. You know, so we already know that. So how are we going to make that even further? Because even if we do create these extra background checks, these laws, crazy people are still going to get guns. And if someone wants to shoot up a school, someone wants to shoot up a a Walmart, they're still going to get to do it. You can ban every single gun in the nation. They'll still find them. I mean, look at Chicago. You know, everyone's talking about El Paso and Dayton, but we had 55 people shot. 55 dead from shootings in one day in a state that has abolished guns and no one's talking about it. They're just talking about white supremacy when both of those clowns had nothing to do with white supremacy, which again, I loathe even repeating. I don't even believe that term is valid. And anyone using it is disgusting to me on the fact that they're giving power to words that shouldn't exist in our vocabulary. Yes, there was this whole Aryan race thing that Hitler did, but you are not going to equate skin color. Everybody that has a certain skin color under one term like that idiot Rosanna Arquette. Ugh. So let's take a listen to what else our president has to say. I think that the Republicans are going to be great and lead the charge along with the Democrats. I spoke yesterday to Nancy Pelosi. We had a great talk. I spoke to Chuck Schumer. We had a great talk. And Chuck Schumer in particular loves my China policy, as you probably know. I said, I can't believe it. You actually like something that I'm doing. He said, not like, love. So Chuck Schumer, is, uh, he's great on the China situation, which we are winning and winning big. And China wants to do something, but I'm not ready to do anything yet. 25 years of abuse. 
I'm not ready so fast. So we'll see how that works out. But on the background check, on background check, uh, we have tremendous support for really common sense, sensible, important background check. Mr. President, 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 the Senate is different. I think other people in the House are different. I think that people that maybe had their arm up a couple of years ago, maybe they feel differently. I don't think I feel any differently. I think with a lot of success that we have, I think I have a greater influence now over the Senate and over the House. Can it get done now? Can it get done I think now? we can get something really good done. I think we can have some really meaningful background checks. We don't want people that are mentally ill, people that are are sick, we don't want them having guns. Mr. Who President, does? President, 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 he did things that were very, very bad in Ohio, in Dayton. He did some things that were really bad. His school knew about it. When he turned 18, everything was expunged. We're going to have to get rid of that because you can't have that barrier. If they would have had that barrier, they would have been able to see. But because he was a minor, it was expunged. We're going to have to get rid of that barrier. I think this. I think a lot of really meaningful things on background checks will take place, including red flags, including a lot of other very, very important items. And the Republicans are looking at it very seriously. And I really believe that the NRA, I've spoken to them numerous times, they're really good people. They're great patriots. They love our country. They love our country so much. And frankly, I really think they're going to get their own. When you talked to Wayne LaPierre, and you talked to him several times, did he warn you that background checks could cost you politically? And did you say to him, forget no, politics, no. we have to do something now? I had a good talk with Wayne, and I like Wayne, and you know, as you know, they supported me very early, far earlier than anybody thought possible, especially me not being a politician. And that support has paid off. We now have two Supreme Court justices that are phenomenal, Kavanaugh and Dorsey. And I mean, they're phenomenal people. And they're big believers in the Second Amendment, which Wayne is also, and which I am. I mean, there's, been, there's been no president that feels more strongly about the Second Amendment than I do. However, we need meaningful background checks so that sick people don't get guns. I think in the end, Wayne and the NRA will either be there or maybe we'll be a little bit more neutral. And that would be okay too. The NRA has over the years taken a very, very tough stance on everything. And I understand it. You know, it's a slippery slope. They think you approve one thing and that leads to a lot of bad things. I, don't I, think, I think we can do meaningful, very meaningful background checks. I want to see it happen. So I've got a lot of support. And I also have the support of other people on the other side. And 
I just want to say the other side is obviously supporting him because if they get to convince him to just put one little small part of legislation that these meaningful, in air quote, background checks are kind of like CPS, okay? Um, and I'll and I'll explain this really quick before we head to the break. So, you know, with CPS, uh, out of 100 complaints, 85 of them are malicious attacks. So it could be a neighbor, it could be, uh, you know, a teacher, a doctor, a police officer, anybody that just doesn't like you. Okay, and they want to cause you trouble. So they phone up and they know they have anonymity and they're like, yo, I saw them, you know, beating the kid or something. And suddenly, you know, you get someone at your door. You're like, um, you know, what do you how do you respond? Like I watch these medical kidnap stories all the time uh, when they're weaponized to be used for other reasons. Okay, I'm going to just leave that statement there. So imagine if you say go to your doctor and he performed a surgery on you, something simple like removing your gallbladder and he nicks your intestine and suddenly you have more surgeries that you have to do. Suddenly, you know, there's more that needs to be done and you're pissed and you turn around and, you, and you're really angry at him and he just ticks a button because the law allows him to, to flag you as a, a, a dangerous individual. This is done anonymously. How do you fight that? How do you fight the false flags that are being put out? You know, people like, uh, like myself and other journalists who have people that loathe them, right? They hate them. And, the, you know, as a journalist and as an investigative journalist, you don't have to do anything to anyone. You don't have to cause harm to anyone and yet people will hate you out of spite or out of, you know, resentment that you are exposing things that they've been compliant to so they're angry with themselves so what if those people start flagging you and saying that you're a danger then how do you fix that that is a slippery slope like he said so we don't want any exceptions to the second amendment except for those that are i guess in mental institutions right and taking heavy psychotropics or going through anger management, etc. Um, you know, and those should be put on programs for probation. I guess maybe that. But even on that, I'm like, no. If everyone carries. And if everyone has a gun, there'll be less crime. We saw that in Springfield, Missouri yesterday. I'll see you all right after this break. Soldiers. Do I wanna see Comey in jail? Yeah, yeah. Do I want Hillary in a cell? Yeah, yeah. Am I down to ride with 45? Yeah, yeah. At a rally, do I feel alive? Yeah, yeah. Will I wall slow down the cartels? Yeah, listen, will I vote Trump 2020? Hell yeah. I'm conservative and you can tell, yeah, yeah. Where we go when we go all in, yeah. Promises made and promises kept. I can roll with a press like that. Promises made and promises kept. Showdown at the Trump rally. People screaming so loud. Patriots united. And we're standing so proud. Trying to get DC. Ain't nowhere to go now. Say goodbye to the deep state. We're in control now. Do I want to see Comey in jail? Yeah, yeah. Do I want Hillary? 
in a cell, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a dollar right with 45, yeah, yeah. Better rally, do I feel alive, yeah? Just me, the promises, kid. I can roll with a press like that. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. real news welcome back everyone to the tori says show i'm your host tori so this is the last hour of our friday shows and it's always fire friday so there will be a lot that we um will be covering lightly and lightheartedly okay uh because Next week is going to be uber busy, guys. It is going to be so busy. There is so much that is going to be going on. It will blow your mind. Uh, so we were talking about the president and his speech today, which is, um, you know, pretty involved. He talked about a lot of things. Um, obviously, we heard him talk about China and, you know, intelligent background checks, which for me is a cause for concern uh only because like i said slippery slope they make this exclusion then you know next exclusion and then as the years go on the second amendment is just eradicated completely allowing only you know military police um and first responders and personal security guards for superstars and such to have guns which means that every single american would be at the mercy of those individuals. Um, and that is why we have the Second Amendment, so that we are not at the mercy of the government. We have to remember that. All right, so um, let's continue and hear what he has to say. He will be talking about North Korea, how he got uh, some communications from Kim as well, which is interesting. Schumer, is, uh, he's great on the China situation, which we are winning and winning big. And China wants to do something. Uh, I don't think I'm different, but I think the Senate is different. I think other people in the House are different. I think that people that maybe had their arm up a couple of years ago, maybe they feel differently. I don't think I feel any differently. I think with a lot of success that we have, I think I have a greater influence now over the Senate and over the House. I think we can get something really good done. I think we can have some really meaningful background checks. We don't want People that are mentally ill, people that are are sick, we don't want them having guns. Who does? Well, we'll see where the NRA will be. But we have to have meaningful background checks. You know, in the case of, in both cases, it's possible they wouldn't have been caught. But in the one case, we also have to talk about age. Because... He did things that were very, very bad in Ohio, in Dayton. He did some things that were really bad. His school knew about it. When he turned 18, everything was expunged. We're going to have to get rid of that because you can't have that barrier. 
if they would have had that barrier, they would have been able to see. But because he was a minor, it was expunged. We're going to have to get rid of that barrier. I, I think this, I think a lot of really meaningful things on background checks will take place, including red flags, including a lot of other... Uh oh. So did you hear that? So the guy in Dayton, Ohio, apparently had a record as a juvenile. And if that was actually um, continued on into his adult record, he would have never been able to get a gun is what he's staying. So um, that's another thing. If we have children, you know, from these urban areas that run with the wrong crowds, that have criminal records as juvies, but um, turn themselves around at the age of 18 and then some you know, holding them hostage to choices that may, they may have made or were forced in their mind to make like robbing cars, you know, doing drugs, you know, posing with guns, you know, some things that kids feel peer pressured into, because we have to understand that. Do we really want that to carry on into their adulthood? That's a question. Now, in the sense of him being violent or having a history as a juvenile, uh, you know, there would have to be specific measures into how this is released and where we can obtain that information. Uh, So, uh, for example, if, you know, the child is violent and has been arrested for assault, uh, has threatened someone with weapons in the past, maybe that can be a point indicator without... um, exposing what the crime was as a juvenile because you don't know kids are just dumb sometimes and they just do dumb things and someone will say well you know it's their fault sometimes it's 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 because of the way they were raised we can't we can't kind of like the way we want to foster every life and every woman's uterus because it's not their fault they were created we should see that to children because children don't know any better in their mind, whatever they're doing is correct. I mean, I am, I, I, you know, a lot of us forget what it's like to be kids. Decisions I made, decisions, uh, you know, thoughts that I had, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, what was I thinking? How did I think that that would even be okay? Or how did I even think that this was cool? Or why would I even do that and jeopardize X, Y, Z? As children, we have a different perspective. So, you know, there's a lot to be said. This has to be done the right way uh, without violating privacy because privacy is something that we're afforded to as citizens of the United States, even though, you know... (laughs) With all this surveillance, it's not really there. So I'm really concerned about the path that we're going to take in respects to gun control uh, and the violations of privacy because I, I, I believe that our HIPAA, our rights to privacy in regards to health, will be violated. Uh, you know, and that is the concern that I have because, you know, what if you're sick and you have like um, you you're you're 70 and you have dementia, right? Obviously, you're at a point where you understand you shouldn't have a gun gun safe at that point. But what if suddenly you have cops knocking at your door because it's been flagged or maybe it was flagged erroneously and you find yourself face down and them scouring your house? You don't want that. You know, what if, you know, for example, me, I've been trying to quit smoking. So I've been taking um, I've been trying this new medication. Um, you know, what is it? Zyban. Hold on. Anyway. Zyban off-label can also be used to treat anxiety, depression, whatever. So in essence, if that was on my file and it was flagged because of the chemical cord, you know, the chemical compound, it's for me to stop smoking, 
but I can fall into the category of, you know, super anxiety or whatever else, you know, it comes out to be whatever else they use it in conjunction with other medications to treat. So this is where it's the slippery slope. So everyone out there, you know, there are people like I just retweeted some insane person who's wearing a shirt that says, I punch Nazis. I'm like, these are the type of people we don't need with guns. The delusional ones, the ones that say things that are aggressive and violent and are proud of it. You know, the people that were outside Mitch McConnell's house, you know, the Antifa members that are out in Portland throwing cement milkshakes at people. You know, the, the woman that you meet at the supermarket that sees you with your Trump 45 inauguration shirt and says, you're a racist and foams at the mouth and throws parsley at you. I kid you not, that happened to me. You know, so it's like those are the people that you know have no boundaries of self-control. Those are the people that can't respect opposing opinions. Those are the people that believe that those that do not see things their way should be dead or jailed or silenced because we see this. So... I believe that they're the crazy ones. The woman that threw parsley at me because I was wearing my inauguration t-shirt, crazy. Because if she could throw parsley at me today, you know, what if I wore my MAGA hat and I was kitted out from top to bottom, you know, and she had a gun in her glove compartment, then what? She would snap for that too, wouldn't she? I mean, she was in front of her kids doing that. That was disgusting. I mean, my child even turned around and said, what are you doing? You have kids with you. And this is, at that time, my daughter was like 12 saying that to her, which is crazy, right? So very slippery slope, something that we need to really pay attention to. Very, very important items. And the Republicans are looking at it very seriously. And I really believe that the NRA, I've spoken to them numerous times. They're really good people. They're great patriots. You know, as you know, they supported me very early, far earlier than anybody. I think in the end, I think in the end, Wayne and the NRA will either be there. The reason is because you have to go in. You can't let anybody know. Otherwise, when you get there, nobody will be there. But a big factor is to let people outside of the country that want to come in legally and illegally into our country, where they come in in caravans, where they surge the border, which, by the way, we have the numbers way down right now, if you see, because Mexico has done a fantastic job. Mexico has 26,000 soldiers right now on the border. They have been fantastic because of tariffs, but I don't care what it's because Mexico In fact, I'll be calling the president at a certain point. I just hope they keep it up. Because if the Democrats would change the laws, which I was thinking about putting together, as you know, with the gun situation. So we have immigration and we have, let's say, some of the things we're talking about right now. You have them together. But I want people to know that if they come into the United States illegally, they're getting out. They're going to be brought out. And this serves as a very good deterrent. If people come into our country illegally, they're going out. They're not coming in illegally and staying. We have bad laws. They may get in, although we're being very tough, but they may get in. But it doesn't matter because they're going out. And when people see what they saw yesterday, and like they will see for a long time, they know that they're not staying here. 
Before they get to the next question, I want you guys to, I want to reiterate the question he was asked. He was like, oh, when you, you know, rounded up all those illegal migrants, what about their children? And he said, uh, of course, we're not going to warn them because by the time we get there, uh, they're going to know about it. We didn't leave the children without the parents. The parents can take the kids with them. No anchor babies, which, by the way, was a tweet that got someone banned. Um, well, suspended for seven days from Twitter as long as they delete it uh, in response to Ilhan Omar's uh, tweet about that. So, you know, if you're in here illegally, this tells you that you're going to go regardless. You are going to leave, period. I don't care if you've had five anchor babies, you're gone. And this will deter them and it has deterred them. And we need to continue on this path if we want to be able to regulate the amount of people that come. So that way our economy can sustain the population that actually depends on our federal funds. Because right now, uh, most of these illegal migrants, uh, 99% of them are on wel- were on welfare right before Trump. And they're getting all these benefits that are being taken away from people that need them the most and that's u.s citizens i think they really are you know it's really amazing because african-american unemployment just came out very recently the lowest in history it's the best the best numbers in history african-american employment and hispanic and asian too have more people working today than ever worked in the history of our country Plus, I did criminal justice reform, which President Obama could not get approved, which the media never talked about. If President Obama got criminal justice reform done, it would be front page stories all over the place. I got it done. I think that African-Americans appreciate it. So I got that. I have the best unemployment numbers. I have the best employment numbers for a lot of people, but for African-Americans, number one that we've ever had. One other thing we did. Aside from criminal justice reform, opportunity zones, and they are doing unbelievably well. And you'll see that, and you've already seen it. But opportunity zones, and the biggest beneficiary there is African Americans. Do you plan to invite him to the White House and what would be your advice for him on how to communicate with Vladimir Putin to stop the conflict in eastern Ukraine? I think he's going to make a deal with President Putin and he will be invited to the White House and we look forward to seeing him. He's already been invited to the White House and he wants to come and I think he will. He's a very reasonable guy. He wants to see peace in Ukraine and I think he will be uh, coming very soon. And I just wanted to say something. Do you guys know that Durham is actually was actually in the Ukraine just a couple of days ago? I just wanted to say that because U.S. Attorney Durham is in Europe and he's spending a lot of time there. And it's not just for kicks. So I thought I'd just throw in that little tidbit of information. Yeah, his comments. Look, look. Joe is not playing with a full deck. He made that comment. I said, whoa, I saw it because I was on something. I had a television. I saw his comment. Joe Biden is not playing with a full deck. This is not somebody you can have as your president. But if he got the nomination, I'd be thrilled. What about your rhetoric? 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 What
Uh, we're looking at that right now. We have a lot of these companies coming in a little while. As you know, uh, we're going to be very tough with them. They're, they're treating conservatives very unfairly. Hollywood, I don't call them the elites. I think the elites are people they go after in many cases. But Hollywood is really terrible. You talk about racist. Hollywood is racist. What they're doing with the kind of movies they're putting out, it's actually very dangerous for our country. What Hollywood is doing is a tremendous disservice to our country. We have now, in a little while, all of the heads of the biggest companies coming in, and we're going to talk to them. They treat conservatives, Republicans, totally different than they treat others. And they can't do that. Okay, before he answers the devaluation of the currency, etc., what he's mentioning is that social media platforms are indeed, um, you know, they have a double standard. Uh, yesterday, I put out an article on lauralumer.us about Tommy Lee. So Tommy Lee yesterday uh, tweeted, uh, put out a tweet, first of all, with content that wasn't his, okay? And I'm going to read this to you because this is extremely disturbing. Not only to the fact that, you know, someone that's illiterate put it together with which he didn't because he copy and pasted it from a post on Reddit from over a year ago. But it was uh, riddled with um, with um, a narrative. It was a manifesto uh, of a deranged liberal. Here's what it says. You Trumpsters better pray that liberals never gain control of the White House again because we're going to pay you back so effing hard for all this poop. Planned Parenthood's on every damn corner. We're going to repaint Air Force One um, P-hat pink and fly it over your beloved Bible belt six days a week tossing birth control pills, condoms, and atheist literature from the cockpit. We're going to tax your megachurches so bad that Joel Alstein will need to get a job at Chick-fil-A to pay his light bill. Speaking of Chick-fil-A, we're buying all of those and giving them to the LGBTQ person, your sick cult leaders tortured with conversion therapy. Have fun with the new menu, you bigoted Fs. Try the McPence. It's a boiled, unseasoned chicken breast that you have to eat in the closet with your mother. We're going to gather all up, up, up all of your guns, melt them down and turn them into a gargantuan metal mountain emblazoned with the face of Hillary Clinton. All parks will be renamed Rosa Parks ASAP. We're placing, we're replacing Confederate statues with BLM leaders and Mexican immigrants. Every single public school will be renamed after a child that was kidnapped by this regime. And after we fumigate the White House, we're painting the whole thing rainbow. Fox News will be taken over and turned into a family refugee center. We're turning Hannity's office into a giant unisex bathroom with changing tampons, uh, changing tables and free tampons. And every single time a Trumpster complains about any of the changes, we're adding an openly gay character to a Disney movie. This plagiarized tweet began to trend on Twitter instantly. At some point, it was over 50,000 tweets, right? The original post came from Reddit from a user called Copypasta, and um, it is vile and disgusting. Now, Tommy Lee, uh, he's, his tweet obviously conveys hate 
revenge and everything you would imagine a nightmare of your own is made of. And um, it literally describes how angry the so-called Democrats are you know, threatening to put uh, baby killing outlets on every corner and so much disgusting rhetoric, um, you know, if they take back the White House. It is a manifesto laced with hate. And so Black Lives Matters, right? Leaders, well, the BLM founder was uh, charged and arrested, obviously, for four counts of human trafficking, three of which are adults, and the other one uh, was a minor. Uh, One of the individuals was 17, I think, 16 or 17. So these are the type of people they want to put statues of, people like Charles Wade, who founded Black Lives Matter. This is what they deem to be uh, something to be proud of. And, you know, parading around who they sleep with is something to be proud of. It's ridiculous. And now we have Tommy Lee, who is a low life, you know, has been uh, definitely not someone you should even be listening to because, you know, he's the one that, you know, beat his wife. Right. Uh, he's, so he's a wife beater. Um, he gang raped Nikki Six and talked about it and laughed about it, you know, uh, beat his son, Dylan. There was like this whole thing years ago where he was like kicking his son. Um, and even Pamela Anderson had said that he was like super dangerous to be around his kids. Uh, he gave Pamela Anderson a, a, a trail of STDs, including hep C and hepatitis C is transmitted through, you know, dirty needles and or sex. And, you know, and obviously he put that out there to trigger response. Now, other loser uh, rock stars, you know, has-beens too old to be rocking anymore, uh, strung out people like um, Jimmy um, Stafford from Train. He was he retweeted it, and one guy actually called him out and said, you know, this isn't his work. I mean, you know, it's it's not his. And so he came to his rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't claim he re- he wrote it. No, he didn't. He just retweeted it. He just put it in a tweet. Oh, and his post has quotes. Yeah, because if you copy and paste, that's usually what happens. But anyway, um, so the the guy that pointed it out said, yeah, that's understood by you and me. But what about the 15,000 that like the post so far? And that's what's troubling, that there were people that actually liked this post. And he went on to say that he, um, you know, And that he also agrees with the sentiment and thinks it's actually funny. And this is why, so this is what they think is funny, right? Funny. And this is what Twitter promotes, right? Twitter promotes hate. Twitter promotes aggression against conservatives and Americans. In essence, they loathe anything that has to do with the sovereignty of our nation, uh, conservative rights, You know, no conservative hates gay people. I mean, of course, there's a few of them, you know, and the really big Bible thumpers. And those people aren't really Christian. They use the Bible as a as a shield, not really Christian. I know a lot of those people that go to church every Sunday, that participate in choir, and they're the most evil people there are. So, you know, this is incredible to see that not only live on Twitter, like Bette Midler's, you know, requests for death, to the president, right, and lives there, no problem, calling for murder, for assassinations, all those are okay. So this actually lives on the internet. Yet in the past 48 hours, we've seen a wave of banning people from from Twitter, uh, claiming that their tweets are hateful, and uh, suspending them. And 
in my article, I posted the um, safety regulations and what they are. So there's one um, handle, at Cache 11 and this is a tweet that got them suspended. At Ilhan, hey, pirate wench, they can take their kids home with them to whatever country that might be. Should have thought about that before having anchor babies in the country. Bet all, bet all have illegal identifications. By the way, that's a criminal offense too. Now tell me how this incites violence. It doesn't. It's not nice, and you're not going to be nice, especially when you have Ilhan Omar, uh, the person that hates America, the person that promotes anti-Semitism and puts forward these fake notions, a woman that entered the country illegally, right? Illegally committed immigration fraud uh, on so many levels from the day she entered the nation, well, before she entered the nation and while in here. So that person... It was told to remove that tweet uh, and be suspended for seven days. Then we had Ryan um, Severda, who um, you know had uh, the um, the video of the far left protesters at Mitch McConnell's Kentucky home. So there were people threatening Mitch McConnell. There were people uh, screaming vile, hateful terms like "just stab the M." effort in the heart. These are the people that, you know, President Trump is referring to that shouldn't have guns and we can all agree with it, but how do we do it? But they were told that they have to remove the tweet and suspended because of it. This is unacceptable. This is complete bias. This is how they want to fix the elections. And it's not just social media. It's Hollywood and mainstream media. I mean, Hollywood has put together a movie that is due to come out next month where they show liberals hunting deplorables. Liberals hunting conservatives. Now, first of all, let's be honest, right? Liberals would never be able to hunt down conservatives like that. First of all, all of us have guns, number one. Second, we would be reasonable when it comes to the hunting part. But in essence, this just adds more fuel to the fire. It's as if they want mass shootings. It's as if they want chaos because then they can credit it to who? The president of the United States because they keep saying it's his fault when it's actually theirs. We'll pick this up right after the break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219. All right. So welcome back to the Tory Says Show. Let's just um, uh, finish up with what President Trump said this morning before he left for New York for his fundraiser. Before we dig into um, Orr's testimony, and we're just going to skirt over it because it's going to be big news uh, next week. And also Epstein's going to be big news next week. No, we don't have to. We have such a strong dollar. The problem is our dollar's at a level pouring in. Because we have the safest currency in the world, we have the standard of the world, but because it's so strong, it's gotten so strong because other countries have problems, it makes it harder for our manufacturers. So if we lowered the interest rate by the Federal Reserve, that would automatically bring down the dollar a little bit, and it would make it easier for Caterpillar and these companies. But we have the greatest currency in the world. No, I wouldn't do that. Are you thinking of canceling the trade talks next month with China? So China wants to settle this deal. They've had the worst year that they've had in many, many decades. Uh, And it's getting only worse. Thousands of companies are leaving China. They would like to make a deal. I'm not ready to make a deal. But are you willing to cancel the talks next month? Maybe. We'll see what happens. Right now, right now, the talks are scheduled in September. Whether or not we're talking about China, whether or not they're canceled, we'll see. Look, as I said, our people are not paying for these billions and billions of dollars that came in, 16 billion of which I gave to the farmers because they were targeted by China. And that's just a small fraction of what we've taken in. So... They are not because what China has been doing is they're a currency manipulator. They've manipulated the value of their currency, and that's where the money comes. And also, they put tremendous money into the system. So if you look, prices have not risen. Our people have not paid. So all of these guys that say, oh, Trump, 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 they don't know what they're talking about. Now, China's unique. That doesn't mean it happens with other countries. It probably doesn't. But... The prices have not gone up. In fact, we have virtually no inflation in our country. If the Federal Reserve would bring bring down interest rates over a period of time, I would love to see a point or even a little bit more than that. If they would stop quantitative tightening, 
We have a rocket ship. I mean, we're doing well without it. But we're being handcuffed by the Federal Reserve. Okay, so what he's trying to say is, you know, uh, and I've tried to explain this this week, is that all the other countries are lowering their currency. So anyone that trades in dollar gets a lot more money for their, you know, more bang for their buck when they're purchasing Chinese, European, or whatever. So what what's, what the good thing is, is that the dollar is a stable currency, right? So people know that they if they invest in the dollar, it's going to be really hard for it to crash. Now, if you invest in, a, you know, Chinese currency or the euro, that's volatile. That is not a conservative investment. That's not something that you would throw your money into. What President Trump is saying is that they're squeezing us in on a quantitative basis, like not releasing money, uh, you know, into the ether. And if they would lower the interest rate, because they're holding us hostage, strong currency and inability to compete. If they lower that interest rate just a little bit to uh, free up or make the dollar not feel so heavy, um, then we would be able to compete fairly because right now we're at a disadvantage. And it seems like the Federal Reserve is doing everything they can to support foreign economies. If they would stop that, it would be incredible. Well, I hope that South Korea and I hope that Japan start getting along with each other. You know, they're supposed to be allies. And it puts us in a very difficult position. South Korea and Japan are fighting all the time. They've got to get along because it puts us in a very bad position. With that being said, I got a very beautiful letter from Kim Jong-un yesterday. It was delivered. What it was hand-delivered from. And it was a very positive letter. What you I'd love to give it to you. I really would. <laughs> We have, I think we'll have another meeting. Uh, he really wrote a beautiful three-page, I mean, right from top to bottom, a really beautiful letter. And uh, maybe I'll release the results of the letter, but it was a very positive. We're not going to do business with Huawei. We're not doing business with us. And I really made the decision. It's much simpler not to do any business with Huawei. So we're not doing business with Huawei. That doesn't mean we won't agree to something if and when we make a trade deal. But we're not going to be uh, doing business with Huawei. Maguire is excellent. Admiral, highly respected, great leader. All right, so he said he got the letter from North Korea. That's because everyone's talking about, oh, North Korea is doing this, doing that. Now, let's get into Maguire. I'll tell you what. So I had the pleasure of working under him on certain projects um, as a contractor, uh, you know, just a few years ago when, well, more than just a few, it's over 10, uh, <laughs> showing my age, uh, and when he had two stars. So I'll, I'll tell you what. He's a great guy. He's super fit, too. He was a Navy SEAL. Um, he likes to tell stories. Uh, you know, he was, uh, I remember he was saying something like, oh, you know, uh, we started with like about 150 people and, you know, there were only like 25 of us left and I was the one of 25 and I became a SEAL and it was really hard back then and blah, blah, blah. And I just want you guys to know that there's only been about, he's the fifth Navy SEAL 
to av- actually grow in rank. I just want to say that. Um, he's actually well-spoken. Uh, he's, he, um, he's your typical, um, I would say, East Coaster. He's great. He's a smart strategist. He thinks he thinks more of uh, offense as opposed to defense. He's not the type of person that wants to be in a position where he has to defend, but he likes to be in the position where he's set up offense in case there's, you know, an attack. He's actually a pretty, pretty cool guy. Um, you know, we, we're not personal friends or anything. Don't get me wrong, right? <laughs> um, he was just one of the people um, part of this project. So I am pretty excited that he was appointed. Um, though, I have to say, people do change in over a decade. So it is um, important for us to always not put all our eggs into one basket. Uh, so um, having said that, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, he's always been a patriot. Uh, his speech is always patriotic. And um, I am hoping that, well, it's actually been more than 10 years. I would say, I hope he hasn't changed in over 14, 15 years. I really hope so. Uh, So that being said, I'm excited about this nomination. I'm really happy that Sue Gordon's out because, you know, when Hayden put her on the spot and said, were you, uh, you know, surveilling the Trump campaign? She kind of like, her body language said, why are you doing this? You already know the answer to that. And then... She did the whole chin thing, and that chin thing is kind of like a, and said no. So we already knew that she was part of that. Now, so we got McGuire out of the way. Here's where we're going to lightheartedly talk about what's to come next week. So I thought the best person to talk about it is Dan Bongino, okay? Uh, but before we do that, guys, I really want to, you know what, maybe... Maybe we should laugh now rather than later. So yesterday, I watched a video so many times on Facebook. And I did watch parties in like the Red State Talk radio group on my personal Facebook page on a conservative, North Dakota conservative page uh, that I'm part of too. I mean, I just could not get enough of this video. Uh, It was actually something that you were like, okay, this isn't real, is it? You know, when you're watching it, you're like, no, this can't be. Guys, it was a DSA conference, you know, where they were getting together I kid you not, like they were introducing themselves. It was like, hi, my name is like whatever. He, uh, him, he. So they were saying their (laughs) their pronouns. And they had ways of interrupting by saying from some personal privilege or something privilege. I thought privilege was racist. It was just the most incredible thing that I had ever seen in my life. And it was the most, you know, they were giving rules and talking about quiet rooms and if it's too triggering you can watch the conference with no sound and please don't wear (laughs) hold on let me play it for you because and I'll skip through the boring parts um but I urge you to just like look for this it was a DSA conference video I said that I was going to play it yesterday so I'm going to play it um just certain parts I'll probably skip through a few guys it is so funny so, so funny. I just could not get enough of it. Um, I just watched it and watched it and watched it again and again and again. Take a listen. Wait, let's see. Where's the sound? 
quite public. We are live streaming. The press are here. We are before the world. Um, and we want to put uh, the foot of socialism forward, you know, in the best way possible and create more socialists. Um, we have quiet rooms that are available. There's a range of options of these, right? On 7, there's one that has video but no sound, if you still want to be able to observe the convention, but the sound is an issue. There's also on Piedmont 8, a completely quiet room. One thing to note there, please don't go into that space with anything that's like an aggressive scent, for instance, right? Um, because that's going to be difficult for people. The, the principle of collective security is we don't want to put people in stressful situations that they don't consent to, right? And we have to be accountable to each other that our actions might have negative uh, consequences. Guys, I'm for dying. Other <laughs> if you, we're also talking about de-escalation, right? Um, because people are going to have different experiences of things that some others might think is normal heatedness, and I think in some of that there's an inevitability there, but it's going to be really traumatic for people if we're not making an affirmative effort to de-escalate each other and de-escalate ourselves, right? If you are having a conflict with somebody, feel free to step away, right? We're going to make sure that you can get out of that <laughs> space. Let somebody else step away if they need to step away, right? Um, don't talk to cops. Don't talk to MAGA assholes. All, we're almost there. Just, God, he was so proud of uh, himself this, with but that. Thank you. Um, we, are, we are safe and we are strong because there's power in collective, uh, in collective work. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Uh, and we're going to rely on you to, to make that happen. So I'm very happy to be working with you on this project. And I hope everyone has a great convention. I'm going to hand it to Natalie to make one quick announcement. Okay. We have are two mics up front. We also have two additional mics that are being run. So if, for example, you make a point of information or a point of privilege, um, please, you know, keep your hand up um, or stand if, if, you, if you can, and they will run a mic to you. So next, we're going to uh, go to some uh, further committee reports. After that, we're going to uh, go through adopting the rules. So with that, uh, everyone, this guy's hilarious. Listen voting. to his introduction. So let's take a deep breath. Great. Uh, and so I'm going to welcome Brian uh, to give the credentials report. Hi, everybody. Brian Laverne, he, him from Houston. Okay, that's enough. He, him from Houston. Okay, so this is hilarious. These are the people that are telling you what's right and what's wrong with the world. These are the people that want your guns too. That take a deep breath before they vote. That have quiet rooms with no sound if you want to be part of the convention but don't want to listen to it. And if you have, you know, and they want you to just walk away if there's conflict. <laughs> um, okay, and when you introduce yourself, it would be like, hi, Tori, she, her. <laughs> Her, she, whatever. Oh, my gosh. Okay, take a listen to what Dan Bongino had to say about Bruce or interview uh, records release. The FBI continued to use the Steele dossier for FISA applications to spy on the Trump campaign. This as we learned that top DOJ official Bruce Orr kept in contact with Christopher Steele even after the special counsel Robert Mueller's appointment. So why is that a big deal? Here to react and put it in context, Fox contributor, former Secret Service agent and author of Spygate, uh, Dan Bongino here. Dan, you called this whole thing two years ahead of when it un uh, unwound. You told me on a cab ride in Washington, you and they came that? out, yeah, absolutely. Going to, to that, uh, yeah, an event. Uh, so yeah. Well, let's pretend as though people haven't been watching it as closely as we have. Why does this matter so much, the 302 proving that Bruce Orr was in contact with the 
fired British agent Christopher Steele. You have to understand this as an information laundering operation from the start. There was an effort to target the Trump team with information that was factually inaccurate, that he was colluding with the Russians. So if I was going to target Brian Kilmeade for a bank robbery he didn't do and had to fabricate a story, you have to ask yourself in the audience, how would I give that story credibility and teeth? I would do it by having multiple people talk about the bank robbery you committed, even though you didn't do it. This is what happened here. You had Christopher Steele as a front. It's called the Steele dossier. It's not called the Cavalek dossier. It's not called the Simpson dossier. Why was Steele used as a front for false information by the FBI? Why was his name slapped on it? The answer is very simple, because Steele had been a credible source for the FBI in the past, working on the FIFA case, the soccer corruption case. In other words, in front of a judge, they could present Steele as a legitimate front for false information, which made the Kill Me bank robbery story sound legit, even though it was made up. Trusted ally. Okay, so did you understand that? Just so you understand. So when someone wants to frame you for something or shut you up or take you down, they will get a group of people that will say something that isn't true a lot and then say, look, everybody's saying it, so it has to be true. And then they put someone in the front that is credible to take you down based on false information that's been manufactured because they want to do it. Kind of like Dan said, want to frame you for a bank robbery? We'll just have a lot of people talking about how you committed that bank robbery. Trusted ally of the FBI. Now, what's the real damning bombshells in this? The three, and I, I didn't get through the whole thing, but I've been through most of it and a lot of the good stuff, is that Steele may not have even written the dossier. He may have been a part of it. But now we know Nellie Orr, in fact, put together a dossier who's Bruce Orr from the Department of Justice's wife who's working for Fusion GPS, contracted by the Clinton campaign. We know that Nellie Orr, in fact, wrote a dossier on Manafort, which again begs the obvious question. If Steele's name is on the dossier because he was credible because he'd worked with the FBI in the past, did he even write it? And if he didn't, is the lie that much worse that you slapped his name on political information to make it seem legitimate? So, Devastating. So he gets fired in the fall and he keeps on talking to Bruce Orr, yes. whose wife has that, that, uh, that opposition research company. Yes. Okay, fine. So they're communicating through the WhatsApp, so a confidential app when you want people to see yes. your communication. So that's now revealed. Christopher. Okay, so WhatsApp is not confidential. It's owned by Facebook. They could see everything. The only really confidential one is Telegram and um, Dust. Uh, it's cyber dust, dust. Those are the only really, that's like Instagram for adults because the minute you see the message, it disappears. So those are the only confidential ones I thought I'd throw that in. So just so you understand, right, Steele didn't write the dossier. And it's, it's evident from the information that I've read too. And one will say, who wrote it? Well, what if I told you that it was Peter Strzok? Christopher <laughs> Steele, I want to add something to this, was very determined to speak to the FBI about a month ago. Yep. And one of the terms was because he thought he was about to be thrown under the bus. Yep. Does that make your wheels turn? Yes. And it, it, again, adds to the theory here. I call this, this is the focus of my second book on this. This is what I call the movie script theory. Christopher Steele's name is used on this, and this is what I think he means by being thrown under the bus, on this dossier, on information he did not create. Christopher Steele had already acknowledged and sworn depositions he, he hadn't been to Russia during this time period. Because he would have been arrested. He had to use sources in Russia. Right, and what I mean by the movie script theory is if you go back to 2007, not 2017, 2007, there is a Wall Street Journal article written by who? You're never going to believe this. Glenn Simpson. I encourage you to read that article today and then compare it to the dossier. 
It is the dossier. It's the same information. In other words, Brian, they, from 12 years ago, they took a movie script Simpson had, slapped Christopher Steele's name on it, changed a few <laughs> of the names to Donald Trump. I'm telling you, you read it today, the cast of characters, Demetrio Furtash, Paul Manafort, they are all in that 2007 Christopher uh, Glenn Simpson article. It's devastating. So, Dan, the election happens. Are you listening? So what have I said before? That they use the same MO again and again. I've said this before, demonstrating how they take hold and uh, take hostage presidents, kind of like, you know, George Bush Jr., who was stupid enough to think that he was the president. Uh, they take the same stories and rerun them. Right. And they just put different. I've told you this before. Now, what's really cool is, is that Steele didn't write the dossier and he tried to communicate with the FBI a month ago. Why did he try to communicate with the FBI a month ago? I kind of led on to it in my Peter Strzok article um, that you should read on lauralumer.us, where it clearly states that it was just a month ago that Peter Strzok realized that he is not getting any retirement benefits from the military, uh, you know, after his firing from the so-called FBI, which he was never part of. And uh, in there, I show you exactly who they are. When Dan Bongino tells you this is even more nefarious than you would think you have no idea what's about to come out and in there I've already let you know that the actions of Peter Strzok the activities that he executed and what he did can only come as orders and if he can prove that they were orders from uh, uh, Brennan and Clapper themselves as long as they received orders from the president of the United States and or directly from the president of the United States, which at that time was Barack Hussein Obama. So did Hussein give the okay to activate one of the most covert um, units of the United States of America? The only unit that will ensure that their activities cannot be traced back to the United States. They were sloppy and they were messy. Why? Because they never thought that she would lose. They were so sloppy it's ridiculous. So this Bruce Orr testimony is incredible because, again, the devil is in the details, and I'll be writing up a lot of that stuff over the weekend. And from one of these 302s, the one from January 27, 2017, the communication continues. And I want, let me read this, uh, this excerpt from the 302. It says, Orr received a WhatsApp notification from Christopher Steele indicating that he and Steele would like to keep the line of communication open for future contact. What's the rationale for ongoing future contact? The president's been elected. Uh, they're still talking. Well, here's the great part about this. I mean, great for damaging for the left. Christopher Steele is already on record with the FBI as being deemed, and this is their quote, not mine, not suitable for use. They fire him in November. But the question is, that's on the record in November. He's not suitable for use anymore. Was he really fired? The answer is obviously not. Now, to answer your question, why then put on paper that he's not suitable for use? Because it creates a good public face. Hey, we're not using this guy anymore. But then behind the scenes, back channel information. Yeah. The answer is obvious when you think about it. It's the only source of information. Yeah. Brian didn't rob a bank. Trump didn't collude with Russia. The only source of the rumor is Steele. There was something in mm. here, too, that said the individual with links to the dossier, I assume that Steele, was desperate that Donald Trump not get elected and was passionate about him not being the U.S. president. And it's not Steele, it's Strzok. And just by the way, um, think about it. In November of 2016, he was deemed not suitable. Then how did they renew the FISA warrant in January when it was based on Christopher Steele? So that document was never either presented to the FISA courts or it's just fake in itself. That's what Bruce Orr told us. But why is that devastating? 
the reason that's devastating is the FBI footnote on the FISA, on paper, you can read it yourself, says, we possess no derogatory information about the source. Gee, you think the fact that he doesn't want the president of the United States has a political agenda is derogatory? Or, I think already so. found to be leaking to the press. <laughs> Maybe kind of sort but of a big deal. But it's not steel. Yeah. It's struck, guys. Thanks, Dan. So it was Strzok that actually collated this dossier. It was Strzok that put it together because it was Strzok that was always the Hilton fixer. I really urge you to read that article. It has so many Easter eggs in there for you. And in there you will find a link to my first Strzok article that laid the foundations for this for this time, for this moment where everything is going to come to be. Didn't I say it would be Labor Day? I mean, come on, we're in the middle of August, aren't we? Labor Day, right after Labor Day, it is going to be insane. When I say insane, we are talking super insane. And this is why we have these crazy, uh, you know, uh, claims of, uh, you know, Area 51 raids, distractions, distractions, distractions. It's necessary because... They're in a lot of trouble, and it is going to come to the highest point. So um, another thing is we need to remember that today, this morning, early this morning, Epstein uh, partial release of the files that were sealed um, were done. And in there, it clearly says that President Trump, you know, President Trump was never, uh, never had sex uh, with Epstein's girls. On that note, it is important to say it is Friday and I'm hearing something's up with Epstein and I don't know what, but my sources tell me something's going on. Is there new information? Is the deep state freaking out? Are they planning anything stupid? Is he going to choke himself again? These are coming up, so we should just be paying attention. (coughs) Excuse me. That's pretty incredible. So... I am pretty impressed with how it's all coming out. And I said yesterday afternoon and today, what's being released today, because there's another another boomy coming today, will be setting the tone for next week and the week after that. Because the last week of August is going to be kind of like a mm, very, hey, there's really nothing going on. No one's talking about anything. What's going on here? And then Labor Day weekend finishes and then it's like XYZ arrested, XYZ's house raided. We are going to see so much happen so quickly. It is incredible. On that note, guys, have a safe weekend. See something, say something. Stay safe, stay happy, stay diligent, and stay true to your morals and your foundations. From all of us here at Red State, I want to wish you a fabulous weekend. I can't wait to see you guys on Monday. And for my missing show yesterday, I have to recompose uh, the first hour. And obviously, as you can hear from my coughing, and I apologize for that, uh, you know, this busted out eardrum is causing me more issues than you would believe. Uh, Have yourself a great weekend. God bless from all of us here at Red State. See you all Monday, same time, same place, 12 to 2, only on Red State Talk Radio. Those soldiers. Do I want to see me in jail? Yeah, yeah. Do I want Hillary in a cell? Yeah, yeah. Am I done to ride with 45? Yeah, yeah. At a rally, do I feel alive? Yeah, yeah. Will I wall slow down the cartels? Yeah. Listen, will I vote Trump 2020? Hell yeah. I'm conservative and you can tell. Yeah, yeah. When we go, when we go all in. Yeah. Promises made and promises kept.
go down at the Trump rally. People screaming so loud, patriots united, and we're standing so proud. Panic in D.C., ain't nowhere to go now. Say goodbye to the deep state where we can control now. Call me in jail, yeah, yeah. Do I want Hillary in a cell, yeah, yeah.